Welcome to the winter sports season premiere of this week in Marymount Warriors Athletics here on ESP Media, powered by Siren Sports and MarymountSports.com. I'm Jason Griefer. We're excited to have Athletic Director Tom Neural back with us. Uh, Tom, we were just talking before we started recording. Uh, it's, it sounds like from where we're coming, where I'm sitting right now, uh, things are uh, rather interesting right now at Marymount. Would that be accurate? Uh, things are rather busy. I think that's uh, <laughs> pretty much true for anybody who sits in Athletic Director's chair these days. So... Just a lot of busy, a lot of getting along, trying to keep our athletes going, trying to keep everybody going. Yeah, it's it's rough here in athletic directors. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll send you an aromatherapy care package. Thank you, try I appreciate trying uh, try to help you out there. Uh, <laughs> let's let's get right into it. And uh, in, uh, now that the fall season's behind us, and now we're we're getting into the winter season. Thankfully, uh, at this point, have, have you and your staff found yourself getting a better handle on? all the COVID protocols and how things are going right now and how much overall would you say right now have things as the winter season been affected by what we have going on in the world? Yeah, we had a lot going on um, at the beginning of the season back right after Thanksgiving with um, kids coming back from Thanksgiving break and relatives coming in from out of town. And I think every program went through that number of programs shut down, you know, for the month of December, uh, we, we had a, a week, a week off there for athletics and, kind of change ed- education here going on a, on a 50% mode, 50% in, 50% out. Uh, but I think everyone else has, has adjusted. You know, if you follow your protocols and you're checking your athletes when they come in yeah. and try and keep everyone separate, it, it works. Um, it, it's difficult. It's time consuming. Um, and I think people are tired of, of going through that, um, but, but you have to do it. And so you, you continue to do it and you take the temperatures and you look for symptoms and you, try to keep kids spread out. And um, so far, at least in our case, it's working. And we've missed three girls basketball games. The boys are, are even with where, where they're supposed to be. And our, I think our junior highs are close to being even. So, um, you know, it's, you just, you have to stay after them and, uh, and it's working. So hopefully it works for a number of schools. Have you been able to kind of now have a better idea of maybe when something may pop up as far as a postponement or cancellation, not necessarily a positive test. We can't predict that, but uh, have you had, a, have you been able to get a better sense of that or are you still operating yeah. more on a kind of a day-to-day basis? It's day-to-day, um, you know, with, especially when you're dealing with other schools and other, you don't know who's coming in and out and, and, and it's funny who catches this and who doesn't catch it. Um, some people have been very careful and have come down with it and, and other people have thrown caution to the wind and not gotten it. So, um, you know, just the way everyone who catches it and whether they're showing symptoms, it's really hit or miss. And so, uh, you know, we had, we had an opponent let us know on Friday at one, they had an athlete test positive. They were quarantining. So we, between me and the head basketball coach, we started hitting the, the phone lines you know, trying to pick up another game for Saturday. You have officials, you have the facilities, you have everybody ready to go. So you really like to keep that schedule. And so it's taken a lot of hands to get the job done. A lot of, a lot of people pulling on the same end of the rope, um, but we're getting there and we're, we're accomplishing things. So um, that's, that's just the way it has to be. We need a lot of people working together. Let's start talking about some of your uh, teams right now. Let's focus a little bit less, a little bit less on COVID. Everybody wants a break from that. I'm sure you could use a break from it, uh, given how uh, things are changing on a day to day basis. Needless to say, and once again, the aromatherapy care package is in the mail. Absolutely. <laughs> let's start. Let's start on the hard. Let's talk about your boys' basketball team because they're yeah. off to a solid start right now. Seven and three overall. Uh, they're two and one 
uh, in the CHL. And this is an interesting year in the CHL. You know, of course, uh, Wyoming has been the the dominant team in the league the last couple of years. A lot different this year. Of course, when you lose a, a talent like Evan Prater, things are going to change. And Wyoming's gotten off to a slow start. They're two and three on the year. They've yet to get into league play, but they still have Isaiah Walker. They're going to be right there. But you, you look at the way things are shaking out. Taylor's off to a three and zero start uh, in league play. They're eight and two overall. And I'm looking at this league. Indian Hills just about to get going. They just started their athletics programs a week ago. This feels like a pretty wide open league this year. Is that your sense? And in, in how the, the league is shaping up right now, and do you think it's there? The the possibility is there for your team to be right there at year's end. Yeah, it is, and uh, there's just a lot going on. And with the team starting late, it's going to be more of a war of attrition. Who can keep your teams healthy? Who can stay after it? Um, you know, we were fortunate we missed a week. Taylor, I don't think has missed a week of the season yet, and they've gotten off to a good start. Um, the other schools as they're trying to make up games are playing three games a week. And that, that Tuesday, Friday, Saturday grind gets to be tough about two weeks into it. And we, we have a couple like that as well. Um, we think we have a pretty good team. Um, we, we thought we were good last year. We think we're better this year. Uh, a lot of senior leadership, a lot of seniors. Um, so, yeah, it's open. And uh, I, I think if our kids would, would, would believe that they're good enough to do this, they can do it. Um, they just have that, that type of team. Um, but like I said, it gets to be a grind and legs are going to start getting tired here by the end of January. And so, um, yeah, it, it's going to be fun to watch as we come down the stretch. Do you think it could play to your team's advantage? The fact that they don't maybe don't have as many three game weeks as some of the other schools, as we get towards the latter end of the conference season, that maybe your team can have the fresher legs as they go forward towards season's end. Uh, yeah. It's always good to have a day off. You, know, you hear baseball players say that all the time that, you know, they get a day off when other when other uh, teams are making up games or whatever the sport may be. So, yeah. just to get a little bit of a break, just to get a, a mental break from the game as well. Yeah, that's going to help us. And uh, but like I said, Taylor has that advantage as well. So, uh, and they're coming here on Friday, and uh, we did not play well there the first time. So that's going to be an interesting game. That's one that's circled on our calendars, and um, you know, hopefully, it's a good night to watch. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fun in the league this year. Um, just a lot of possibilities over on the girls side as far as your team goes kind of a similar story eight and four you get the big one over Batavia on Monday night you're three and one in the league so you're you're sitting right there in the thick of things right now and a big week coming up this week as scheduled at this point you know you've got Wyoming they're three and oh in the league uh, at this point, they've had they've had uh, they've played very well, especially on the defensive end. Yeah. Teams have really struggled to score against them thus far. And then uh, Indian Hill, we know what they do. They they've been so good for the last number of years. They're just getting their season going. They got a conference win early. They got beat pretty handily by Cincinnati Country Day uh, on Monday, but nevertheless, they've won 21 straight in the league. So, you know, everybody kind of looks at them as you know, if we're going to win, we got to go through Indian Hill. But again, they're going to be playing a lot of games in a short a short amount of time. So you know, we're looking at this looking at this season, and you know, I, I think back to a, a year ago, and you know, Indian Hill wins the league, but your team's right there. Your team was closer mm-hmm. than anybody else to challenging Indian Hill for the title. You went twelve and two. Those two losses came to Indian Hill. So comparing last year to now, as far as what you're seeing on the court, where do you see this? iteration of this basketball team compared to the team a year ago that went on to win 19 games you know, last year we had a lot of a lot of senior leadership we were an experienced team we are not the same team um, got a couple pieces back from last year uh, Eric Dewey, Kendall Spring and Asia Robertson 
uh, and and the other the other young players are are filling in and learning as we go, um, and that's going to be a challenge. We we struggled out Wyoming the first time. They were uh, they were big. They were physical, uh, like you said, on the defense, and so we're going to have to answer that tomorrow night. And then with Indian Hill, uh, you know, having having that month off, you know, Monday against Country Day, that was their first game back. Uh, you know, we're just we're going to have to just keep after what we keep after. We played Taylor on Saturday and got shut out for the third quarter, had a big fourth quarter. So um, a good thing, uh, you know, think good thing about young athletes or you know, sometimes they don't get rattled as much as the veterans do. Sometimes it's the other way around, but um, they're, they're, they're an athletic team. They're fun to watch. Uh, we're not very, not very tall, um, but, but they can shoot. And the night sets are hot. They can shoot the lights out. So uh, big test tomorrow night with Wyoming and then with, uh, with Indian Hill coming up, I think we're going to understand where we are uh, as we head into the second half of the league. And 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 thinking about that, you know, then having such a a younger team this year, not as not as veteran laden as you had a year ago, and a team that won nineteen games, could it possibly be a benefit to your team that you've had that go through all these protocols with a young team that isn't used to a quote unquote normal season when they can have a normal training camp, they can have a normal practice schedule? That this is kind of they're they're not they're not used to how that is so what they're in now is all they're accustomed to and then therefore they can adjust quicker do you see that no not really um it, it, although our teams have had a good amount of adversity but once you get to yeah. practice it's practice you get your hour and a half two hours mm-hmm. and it's practice you're running your drills you're doing your shooting but you know we we had a pipe break right outside our gym back in september flooded our gym floor so we've just we've just started playing in our high school gym uh, on January 2nd, uh, we had a practice on there New Year's Day. That's the first we've been on the high school campus with our basketball team. So the girls were going to one elementary school and, and practicing. The boys were going to a different elementary school and practicing. The junior high teams were staying at the junior high. So it's just good having them on campus now, having them back home, uh, practicing here on campus and playing their games. So, you know, just, just dealing with that disruption and, and, and everything else, we're kind of getting back to some normalcy even with everything else that's going around. So I, I think we're settling in pretty well. And that's good, especially going into mid to late January when you really want to start forming who you are and forming yeah. your identity as a team going forward, especially with this group being so young uh, going forward. Let's move on and let's move into the pool and let's talk about the boys first, swim and dive. Uh, this is, as far as experience goes, the antithesis of the girls' basketball team. You have a lot of seniors Mm-hmm. Uh, on this boys swim and dive team, nine of them here for their final run. Uh, we saw the, the feature uh, from uh, on MarymontSports.com about Nathan Cox. He's going to the University of Denver to dive at the next level. We want to send our congratulations on to yeah. him for getting that opportunity there. Looking at the way this league is shaping up, and uh, you know the way this league has been the last number of years, it, Indian Hill once again they're the team to beat. You know they've won the last four league titles, so everybody's got to come up uh, to them. With such a veteran-laden team and nine guys going through this for the final time at Marymount, do you get the sense that maybe there's an added jolt of motivation, bit of extra pep in their step when they are in training and then when they get into the pool, they're on the diving board there to try to elevate themselves even more knowing this is the final go-around? You know, our new coach, Mac Lewis, is uh, he's, he's a grad, he's an alum, he's a swimmer. Um, he's done a great job pulling this, pulling these teams together. And so um, they're, they're in the pool. There's a good spirit amongst the teams. They've been swimming very well uh, against very regular competition. Uh, one meet, sometimes two meets a week. 
just getting it in. And um, yeah, they're, they're swimming very well. So uh, we're looking for a couple of the guys, a couple of our relays to uh, move ahead from where they were last year in the district and, and possibly get on to the state level. It's just so different this year. There's, there's no parents in the stands. There's no fans in the stands. Everything has been a dual meet, uh, no, no try meets. Um, so, so that part's different. You get in, you swim, you, you get out, you go home. Um, but there is a, uh, there is a good spirit amongst those guys, a good, a good spirit to core, if you will. Um, and they're swimming well, and I think they're on a mission and, uh, it, it'll be fun to watch as we get into sectionals and, uh, in districts how close to a normal training set season and, and even meet season have they been able to have a lot a lot of people uh, wonder as far as swimming goes you're in close contact you're you're sharing the same water not at the same time but one swimmer out another swimmer in in the same lanes at times uh, how how has that been for them it, it it's it's swimming you know, they they've gotten used to that over the summer a lot of these protocols came in with the outside pools um, you know, they keep your distance in the water. Uh, no one's swimming on top of each other. You're in different lanes. You're staying on different sides of the pool when we swim against other teams. So, so that part there maybe is not as many swimmers in the pool, mm -hmm. but, but at the same time, our, our meets are different because you'll have Marymount lanes one, two, and three and the opponents in lane four, five, and six. So we're keeping them separate that way instead of having maybe the two fast swimmers side by side where they yep. can look over and, and, and compare where they are uh, in the race. So it, it's a little bit different, but uh, we're still having the meets on a regular basis. We're live streaming them. We're getting it out. So for that part, yeah, they're pretty, they're having pretty much a, a normal season. Well, and the best way to social distance in the pool is just beat the pants off of whoever's next to you. The, the opponents are next to you. I mean, to me, that's a good way to social distance. Get faster. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, <laughs> just win each meet, just win each race by five or 10 seconds. I mean, right. and then yeah. you're out of the pool before they touch the wall. That's right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to the girls side here. And, and, you know, we've talked with the boys side and, and with girls basketball, everybody's chasing Indian Hill. Well, girls swim and dive. You're the standard bearer in this you know seven straight league titles eight of the last nine uh, it goes on and on with how good this program has been over the years and uh I, I, I'm, I'm they're off and running this year and what I'm seeing as far as the leaderboards go yeah there's a lot of warriors littering all the different distances in the CHL mm -hmm. as far as the top times go but the one thing I'm also looking at what I see is a, a strong mix of upperclassmen and the youth, you know, you, you look, yes. you've got seniors like Abby Schuster, Grace Bowl, they're putting up low times. Then you've got youngsters, you got, you got youngsters, Rachel Bowl, Maggie Hankel, someone named Sophia Neural, you know, among, among a bunch of others that are, uh, that are in there, I mean, youngsters, freshmen, sophomores that are in there and they're putting up low times uh, is, as well. How has the camaraderie been amongst this team that knowing that you have very talented you know, juniors and seniors, Jacqueline Young, I can't leave her out. She, she's been incredible uh, on the season. And you see the youngsters following their lead. You, you do. And, um, you know, last year, so so Kevin Manis, our, our coach, was here for 25 years. You know, last year he's gone. Henry Thelman comes and takes a team uh, for a year. Mac Lewis is in there now. And, and even with that, there's been a great camaraderie amongst the swimmers, uh, the, the upperclassmen, and leading the way for the for the for the underclassmen, just showing them the way, just making them feel part of the team. Uh, a lot you don't always get that with a lot of uh, with a lot of programs, but you know, with swimmers, they're all in the same kind of, of misery. They're all swimming the pool. They're all swimming the air. You know, you're in there for an hour and a half, and you're swimming, and 
and doing dry land. They've done a really good job. Um, and, and there's always a little bit of competition within the pool that, you know, they, they, they pull themselves up. They want to catch the next one. So um, they, they've done a really good job. And our, our girls, like you said, our girls program has been very strong over the years um, between our with a mix of our club swimmers and our school swimmers. So, um, yeah, we, we'd like to see that continue. Unfortunately, this year for boys and girls, there is not a CHL championship. Um, with the change in the schedule for the sectionals and the districts, mm-hmm. uh, with the sectionals starting a little bit earlier, that actually would have had to force our hand to push the league championships back to well, like the 20th of January. And, and our concern as a league is – you know, we're, we're, we're at Powell Crosley Y. We've got six different teams there. We've got all these swimmers at one time. If someone pops positive with the COVID and depending yeah. what the Board of Health's interpretation is, you could shut down all the top swimmers in Division Two um, from one swim meet. And so as a, with an abundance of caution, we've just decided to forego the league championships this year. We'll get ready for the sectionals. We'll keep our distance. Um, there's just no reason to take that chance sure. and have kids miss a state tournament. So even even with that, as I said, we're not going to crown a league champion this year. So you're still going to be the, I don't know, 45-time defending champions, whatever it is <laughs> uh, at this point. Even without that, you know, everybody still knows that Marymont is a uh, – this team is a team that you're going to have to bring your best if you're going to try yeah. and beat them. You know, in, in going through the regular season and into sectionals and the sectionals, the teams know that they see how good your yep. teams are. So with that being said now, and like you said, with the coaching changes that you've had the last number of years, you've had several different coaches in their last few years. Where are these young ladies finding that extra gear each time out, knowing that the other team knows how good they are and they have your team has that proverbial target on the back? I think that's just one thing that comes in with swimming. Um you know, you're not you're not swimming against another swimmer. You're swimming against your time. You're swimming against the clock. And so uh, their goal every time they go in the pool, every time they're in a meet, is, is to drop time. And if they're dropping, you know, five, ten, three seconds, whatever, during a, that's their target. And then once they start, you know, cutting time and, and start uh, tapering for end of the season, they're going to drop even more. So I, I think swimmers is a different breed. Just just kind of they're like run, runners as well. They know they have to drop time. They're always competing against themselves. And we've got some pretty good motivated swimmers. And, they, and they've been doing a, a really good job. As you said, if you look at, look at the CHL, CHLsports.com and, and look at the leaderboard, it, you have to sort of hunt and peck to find somebody not swimming for Marymont uh, at the top of the leaderboard. And again, in multiple, in multiple distances, which is even more uh, impressive. Yeah, we, Let, we've had a lot of meets where, where some other programs haven't had meets yet, you know, because yeah. they've been shut down for December. So, I'm sure we're going to see some familiar names from some other schools start popping up here in the next couple of weeks as they as they load up on their on their meets the next three weeks. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. Just Marymont <laughs> one through twelve every 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 time. <laughs> it, it it goes back to it goes back to our conversations back in the fall where uh, with the the boys soccer team who went on to win a state championship. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, we were you you were said you were going to settle for ten on the first first team all CHL. So. Yeah. You know, so uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just have everybody still at the top there. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the bowling lanes, and this, this is an interesting one to think about as well. You know, normally with bowling, you're gonna see you're gonna have you normally would have fans there, mm-hmm. really, you know, cheering the teams on, and that plays a bigger factor. Than I think a lot of people realize 
in in bowling at, at the at the high school level. But obviously, we can't do that. And uh, so, and then it also depends on the season goes, depends on availability of lanes and the ability yeah. for kids to train and practice and whatnot. So that factors in when we start talking about the bowling teams here. Let's start with the girls first. And uh, not uh, haven't gotten a lot of matches under their belt uh, just yet. Uh, they are they are winless on the year, just zero and four. So again, a very limited schedule mm-hmm. uh, uh, thus far. You know, you've got matches, scheduled matches with Deer Park and Reading coming up. Had a lot of time off in between. There were two Taylor matches. They had about a month off in between yeah. there before they and, and they got rolling again. What were you what were you hearing from the coaches? Like what were the what were the what were the bowlers working on during that layoff? And uh how close do they feel like that work during that layoff is to manifesting itself in match play? Yeah, you have we had exams in there and then we had you know, the Christmas break. And so the kids are getting a lot of practice on their own. But a lot of programs um, suspended or a lot of programs dropping because of COVID protocol. So, uh, like you said, we, we're starting to get back on the schedule with a number of these and get back. Um, but, but just like anything else, you know, it's different. Um, you know, in a normal, in a normal season, you're, you're switching lanes, you're back and forth. This year, you're on one lane and the next match is on the next lane. So you um, really don't have as much time to work it out during a match. Um, for the experience that we have, we also have a good amount of inexperience on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just, they, they need to matches and get that consistency and, uh, and it'll come, it, it'll come, but, um, it's just probably gonna take us another week or so just to get in that regular routine uh, of getting in there and practicing. In previous seasons here on the podcast, we've kind of talked about, you know, building that excitement for the program, getting the numbers out. And so you can, so you can build up and have depth amongst your, amongst your roster. What's where, how's that excitement level right now for, for the team, you know, trying to build things up, not only in league competition, but now having to do it in a pandemic. You know, um, you know the Pied Piper, you know, Jim Barr, our bowling coach gets a lot of kids out there. They seem to enjoy uh, uh, bowling for him, you know, and he gives a, a lot of kids the opportunity to do it. The boys team a little bit more, um, uh, I guess a little bit more aggressive on filling the roster and, and having people who can come in and, and improving, you know, over, yeah. the, over the three years that we've had it. Um, the, the girls, there's a lot of competition uh, with other things that they do. We, we're pretty involved with, uh, you know, our lacrosse players play, you know, playing indoor lacrosse as do our boys. Uh, soccer players are playing, you know, indoor soccer or, or what they do in the off season. So the girls uh, team hasn't grown as, as quickly as the boys. Um, but we still have 27 kids in the program um, and, and it's still coming up. And so that's still a, a learning program. But I think girls bowling as a whole and the co-ed schools is, is still developing here. Um, but the boys are off and running. They've, they've had some outstanding matches early on. They've had a couple where, you know, we kind of scratched our heads and said, you know, we're, we're throwing, you know, mid 200s yesterday. Now we're uh, high 100s today. And that's, again, that's just a consistency uh, of, of not being in the lanes every day with a match because you turn it up a little bit more in a match. Sure. Doing- yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of the boys, you know, they're, they're two and two uh, on the season thus far. You know, again, Deer Park and Reading coming up there. So a good chance there to uh, try and work your way towards the top mm-hmm. of the stands as Deer Park and Reading are really just kind of getting underway. It really is as everybody. Yeah. But uh, w- one one youngster we're talking, I've been looking over and seeing that cons- as far as consistency goes, is uh, is Sammy Hankel? You know, yeah. in, in looking at his numbers, he's fifth in the fifth in the CHL right now. Early in the season, carrying a 191 average, a hot with a high of 241, 
and I'm looking at his progression. He's up, his average is up 15 pins from a yeah. season ago. That that's a pretty nice jump to go from one year to the next. And when you're seeing him go the way he goes right now compared to years past and in talking to the coaching staff, what's been the biggest difference from last year to this year to see such a precipitous jump? He's a little taller. He's uh, he went from sophomore year to junior, so he's stronger. Um, and, and he's working his game. He's kind of figured that out as well. Um, he had some strong bowlers in front of him last year that he could ride their coattails. And this year he's the guy. So he has, he stepped up his game. He's in the lanes a little bit more practicing bowling, but, but I also think, you know, that as your body changes, you get stronger, yeah. you know, the, the leverage works with a, with a longer arm. I, I think that helps as well. Um, but he's certainly stronger. And, and like you said, certainly has increased his game. How has he taken on that new role of leader where, like you said, he could kind of sit behind and let some of the guys last year kind of lead the way and he just comes along kind of quietly behind them. And like you said, now he's the number one and having to show the next crop, this is how we do it. Yeah. He, uh, you know, with, with that last bunch, they were the, they were the strong bowlers coming in and, and now he's like right in the core of all of them. You know, you get that core of junior bowlers yeah. um, and they, they have a good, they have a good, solid group together so uh I, I don't think it's the rah rah stuff that goes out there and bowls his game and and, and it seems to work pretty well they lead by example there's not, nothing yeah. certainly wrong with that especially when you're you know you're averaging 191 with a 241 yeah. high i mean that's 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 nothing to shake a stick at yeah uh that's for sure uh lastly here before i let you go kind of want to circle back to what we talked about uh, at the beginning here with all of the uh the protocols here and and, and the fact that we are having as close to a normal season as we, as we could hope for at this point, obviously, as we've talked about here, there's been a lot of shuffling around things postponed, canceled, whatever the case may be uh, throughout all winter sports. And everybody's had that uh, throughout the, the fall. And now the winter sports season, I want to, I want to get your thoughts on and see in this, how, how is the community stuck with your athletics department and stuck with these kids through these times, obviously the co- the COVID protocols took some time to getting used to with fans mm-hmm. not being able to be in attendance as much as they want to be. Mm-hmm. They're having to kind of watch from a distance there. How has that support been overall and how much has that meant to the kids? You know, we had a tremendous fall um, between, between cross country, you know, going to regionals in the state and, and the boys football team going into the playoffs, you know, and getting four extra games in the boys soccer team winning the state championship, the girls soccer team, uh, you know, going on to the regional finals. You know, there was there was a lot of excitement going into it, a lot of disappointment that we couldn't have more people with us, mm-hmm. but a lot of excitement going in. And I think as a lot of people in our community saw that, hey, you know, they they can make this work up here and and, and the kids are safe and we're not spreading anything there uh, as we get into the fall. Uh, I, the one thing I keep hearing is, wow, we really like to come up and see a game, yeah. but we get that we can't, um, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's no middle on this, on this COVID. Some people are, are still not, not at ease with it. And other people are probably too at ease with it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you come to a game, you're going to wear a mask, you're going to follow the guidelines. Uh, and I think, uh, I think they understand that we can do the sports and, and make it work. You know, we don't, we don't have wrestling here. And so the schools that do have wrestling kind of question about, you know, how, how can you make that work? Yeah. So we just, we have to stay on top of our kids and, and make sure they follow the protocols. So their neighbors and the people in the community see what they're doing. But, you know, the, the boys basketball team, 
off to a seven and three start. They've got Elder coming in here uh, tonight. I don't know if Elder has ever been in our in our school for anything. And they're, and they're good. They're good. They're ten and one this year. So you've yeah, got a strong are. you've got a strong uh, competition coming in. Yeah, they are. You know, we had we had Hughes in here on uh, on uh, on Saturday, with who's very athletic and, yeah. and having a good season too. Uh, probably a little bit different than what we would normally schedule. Yeah. Um, so the kids are going to have their, their, their hands full, but I think our, our people are excited about it. The students want to get back in and see them. And I think that's the thing that hurts the most is you can't have that full house uh, of students. We played Madeira on Friday and in a normal setting, we would have had our student section filled to the, to the rafters. Their student section would have been filled to the rafters and we would have had the parents in the middle and, and up top and, and just not having that big crowd, you know, still having some people here, but you don't have the rocking and rolling. You don't have the bands. Um, so we're, so we're making the best of the situation. And, and to the people that say, you know, it's, it's not good enough. I just, you know, we're doing all we can to give them a season. Yeah. And to those people, I say, did you have an athlete in the spring last year? Because, you know, all those, all those poor athletes last year that did not have an opportunity to have a spring season and, and just missed out on that. And, uh, yeah, I still feel bad for them, but sure. you know, we're going to do all that we can, you know, as athletic directors, we're going to do all that we can to, to make sure our kids have a season and have the best season they can have. Well, and I think that's something that, that yourself and a lot of other, and all athletic directors don't get enough credit for is the fact that there is no playbook for this. We've, we've never <laughs> endured this. None of us were around during the Spanish flu of 1918. No, no one knows how to na- navigate a, 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 a situation yeah. that we're in right now. And so I think that even more so is a credit to you to your staff and and everybody at Marymount High School with what they've been able to accomplish and put together when you look back to August and we didn't know if we were going to have sports at all. I know, I know you and I talked about when we were wrapping up the fall sports season, you thought we would maybe get three weeks of fall sports in. Mm-hmm. It, that's it. And we got the entire fall sports season in. Yeah. And, and obviously Marymount did a lot of really great things and they're looking to continue that here into the winter as well. Tom, we certainly appreciate the time here, taking some of your time to talk to us here. Uh, on the podcast once again and uh, we'll look forward to continue to do it throughout the winter season great sounds good appreciate being back it's good to be in the routine and it's always good catching up with you appreciate all your efforts absolutely that is marymont athletic director tom neural joining us for the winter sports season premiere of this week in marymont warrior sports here on marymontsports.com and esp media powered by sidearm sports